Hello everyone and welcome back to East Coast Haunts. I am MK. And I am Sam. And we are back with part two or the sister episode of our last episode which was on the real life conjuring house and we talked about a couple of famous figures which I think we're going to be going a little bit deeper into some of their other explorations today. Sam? Exactly. So we talked a lot about Ed and Lorraine Warren Mm -hmm. in our last episode about The Conjuring House. And today we are going to be talking about probably their, maybe their biggest legacy, the thing that they left behind, which is their occult museum. (laughs) I just want to start off by saying, Mary-Kate, our family has a weird thing. My sisters and I all say museum. Ever since I was little, we've pronounced the word museum as museum. So I want to apologize in advance. (laughs) I know I pronounce it wrong. I'm going to try to pronounce it correctly this whole episode because I know it sounds so dumb. I don't know what it is. My younger sisters say museum, but I've always said museum. Yeah, all... All the women in our family, all the women under like 26 in our family say museum <laughs> besides you. That's funny. That's but I really, ever since going into the professional world, I was after I graduated college, I was like, okay, I really need to like pr- pronounce, pronounce this correctly. Right. The thing that I do that with is I know that drought is pronounced drought. What do you say? Draw? Drought. <laughs> I've never that. heard that. I, well, it's because it's not a thing. Like drought. My brain automatically is like, oh, a drought. Draw. It reminds yeah. me of my how I learned literally a couple days ago that the word facetious, vase- I thought it was facetious, and I found that it was facetious, facetious from you. I love that word. I love using that word. I liked it when it was facetious, but now that it's facetious, it's I, like ruined. It's, for yeah, you. It, it doesn't have quite the same ring to it. Tragic. Anyway, all that to say, we're going to be talking about the occult museum owned by Ed and Lorraine Warren. Or started by Ed and Lorraine Warren, because they don't own it anymore. Well, they're both past, aren't they? they? Yes, correct. I wonder if they haunt their own museum. That's a good question that I didn't find anything on, but... I doubt it. I feel like they're the type of... They've they've passed on to the other side, yeah. They spent enough time investigating paranormal stuff while they were alive. That would be, like, the biggest inception, though. Like... Them coming back as, like, ghosts. Yeah, or them, like, possessing someone and then, like... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, I'm See, sorry. Their research was correct. <laughs> exactly. That would be sick. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, this is like a very quick little side tangent, but Houdini, like the famous Houdini, yes. he was he was like known for hating spiritualists. Yes, I have and heard like that. And de- like he spent a good portion of his life debunking them. Yeah. So he and his wife made a pact that like if one of them dies, they had this secret phrase. Okay. And they would attempt to contact the other one through a medium. And to, from the point that he died to the point that she died, she was never able to get a medium to say that phrase. Interesting. So. We should do that. We should make a pact oh, like that. Okay, after this episode, we'll think of a good phrase. All right, <laughs> so All right, Anyway, I won't interrupt you anymore. All right. No, I love the interruptions. So let's get started on the museum itself. So... Like I just said, it's probably one of the biggest legacies of the Warrens, and um, the museum is famous all around the world. A lot of people say it is the most haunted place in the world. Big claim, right? That doesn't surprise me, I don't think, considering the amount of artifacts that are housed there. The stuff that's in here? Yeah. Yeah. Which I really don't know anything. I know 
they're probably most famous relic. Yes, I'm sure you know. I'm sure a lot of people listening know exactly. Yes. I'm saving her for last. We're talking about. I'm saving her for last. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So the museum from the outside, it's kind of unassuming. It looks like a large shed, and it's actually situated across the yard of the former home of the Warrens, which we were talking about yesterday. Oh. You said you couldn't believe that they would have all these haunted objects literally feet away from where they're sleeping. I would not want to live five mile, like within a five mile radius of this place. Well, they lived all. within a few feet. <laughs> nope, no thanks. I'm good. So the house obviously belonged to the Warrens back then, but now it belongs to Tony Spera, who is the son-in-law of the Warrens. And he also now owns and is the curator of the Occult Museum. Uh, imagine marrying into that family. Yeah, that's a sick family that, to marry into. But that's like a lot of pressure. It really is. But right? also at the same time, I would kind of love to marry into that family. I know. I wonder. I, it made me wonder what their daughter's like. Yeah. Right? I wonder why she doesn't own and curate the museum. I don't Was know. she not into that kind maybe of stuff? Maybe she's seen too much. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> she's probably, I would think, maybe like scarred from yeah. some of the stuff. Yeah. Or she had a different interest. She's like, I'm going to be a star. Like, <laughs> who knows? They're like, no, honey, demons. <laughs> you will be a demonologist. Okay, so picture this. Right when you step inside the museum, Tony requires every person who steps inside to be blessed with holy water. That's chill. I'm okay with that. And this is because the Warrens were devout Catholics, and they believed that crosses, holy water, prayer, and exorcism were all different ways that, could, that you could ward off evil. Cool. Again... Any, any help I can take, I'm, I'm getting. Right. So even if someone isn't Catholic and or they don't believe that the holy water can protect them, Tony still encourages anyone who enters the museum to accept the holy water. And to that I say, better to be safe than sorry. I agree. If Even if I'm not a religious person, I'm going to take what protection I can. It can't hurt, right? No, it's, it really yeah. can't. And, and like... To people that don't believe that it's holy water, it's just water, so what's the harm? Exactly. So it does seem like most people take it. Yeah. So the entrance to the museum is a smaller room, and it's filled with artifacts, um, some gifts and donations. Like, there was, like, a big 70th birthday card for Ed um, when he was doing a tour of it. I know, it was cute. Um, But a lot of the artifacts in there aren't necessarily haunted, but they're just, like, cool relics from, like, Scotland and, like, super long ago okay so neat pretty cool it's like a, a holding room <laughs> then you walk down the long hallway that is going to lead to the museum itself and the hallway is filled with ed's paintings and he was a great artist oh really maybe we can put it in our post he yes he had beautiful works all right i'm gonna have to check that They're out def- they definitely have like creepy themes to them a lot of them i was gonna ask which of course really yes demon- demonic um not even demonic like halloween like like spooky you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can get down with that. So lots of paintings covering the walls of the hallway, and then that leads you to the main room, which is the Occult Museum. It is considered by many, like I said, to be the most haunted place in the world. <sighs> and this is because everything in here has been taken from some place where people were killed or tortured or something bad happened. So there's just okay. lots of weird... Dark energy in Dark here. energy. Exactly. Uh, some objects, just to go over a couple of the objects, we've got voodoo dolls, there's objects of witchcraft, there's objects from satanic rituals, all that jazz. Ooh. 
there are objects from Europe, America, Canada, Mexico, Asia, and I know that some of these are countries and some of these are um, continents. Continents, but but th- but that was directly said by Ed, so I just wanted to like okay. use those examples. That's kind of funny. But I know, I know the difference between like a continent and country. I just want to throw that out there hmm. for all the haters. <laughs> anyway, um, and apparently between 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. That's sort of like the, I think he called it the psychic hours. Ed called it the psychic hours. and 6 a.m. I wonder if there's the psychic hours. I think he called it the psychic hours, yeah. I wonder if there's some sort of significance in like... Six and nine? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like... No, that checks out to me, I guess. Because it's like the darkest... Yeah, people are sleeping, that type of thing. All right, no further questions. Carry on. Thank you. And that's when it's most active. And apparently Ed and Lorraine either would... I couldn't figure out if they wouldn't let people down there at all during those times or if they just like strongly advised against it. Okay. But unfortunately at the moment, the museum is dormant because of ongoing zoning issues. So people can't really go and visit unless, of course, there are like some journalists or reporters or people who are like big in the paranormal scene like you know Shane and Ryan like us yeah like us like I'm (laughs) waiting on that invitation um but some people are allowed to visit but it's not like fully open to the public right now zoning laws are a pain in the ass and speaking as a civil engineer I hate zoning laws and I am annoyed that we can't go visit this because I was just thinking we have to make this happen well maybe if we if the podcast gets gigantic and goes viral. Guys, blow this up <laughs> so I can take Sam to the Occult Museum for her birthday. Oh God, I will, I will, I was saying to you, this is like one of the places that I honestly don't know if I would, if I would want to visit because it freaks me out so bad. Okay. And honestly, fair. after you hear it's about fair. these artifacts, you might agree with me. Okay. So. I'm still holding firm that the Pine Barrens is the only place that I don't want to Okay. Go. I think I maybe would rather camp in the Pine Barrens overnight than go here. Sway, sway me. Sway. I will sway you. All right. So anyway, it's not open to the public right now. Darn. But there are some crazy artifacts and objects displayed at this museum. I'm going to go over some of them with you. Okay? Please do. I'm ready. I want to start with a mannequin. The mannequin itself is not haunted. It's it's just a representation of a famous figure from the area. Okay. So the name of the mannequin is Hannah Crana or Hannah Crana, depending, depending on, on your how you pronounce things. But I pronounce it Hannah, which apparently Hannah people always say. I've been told I sound British because I say Hannah and banana instead of like Hannah and banana. Oh my gosh! No, I say Hannah. And yeah, banana. our family does for sure. I don't know what don't... that is. It's like a lack of accent. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, Hannah Crana. There is a mannequin of her in the occult museum. And she was a local witch who, alleged witch, of course, okay. yeah, who, <laughs> who died in 1845. And she was from the area of Monroe, which is where uh, Ed and Lorraine live and the Occult Museum is located. Monroe, Connecticut? Yes. Okay. Correct. So it all started, the, the, the legend of Hannah all started when her husband died suspiciously. Hmm. He went out for a walk one night and he fell over a cliff in an area that he knew well. So definitely suspicious. Hmm. People began to say that she had put a curse on him to confuse him and get him to accidentally walk off the cliff. 
Uh, or she just pushed him. Right, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, it's not even... It, they didn't even have to go, like, supernatural with it. Like Yeah, why? Why? So, yeah, they didn't really have to go supernatural with it, but I guess they started to think that she had caused it by with, with her witchy powers. Okay. So, after the death of her husband, she never remarried, and she lived alone with her chickens. Just a gal and her chickens that and their property. That sounds nice <laughs> she was the original cottage core girly I, i'm down with it so far yeah so and you're gonna like her because i really like her okay <laughs> so she actually got along fine with some of her neighbors but so it's not like the whole neighborhood was against her but apparently there were some neighbors that she did not get along with um it's important to know that her husband's death left her in poverty obviously Aww. because women what could they really do back then yeah nothing she really has no way to make her own living so. exactly so Hannah, you know, she had no job. She had no way to make money for herself. So she would sometimes use people's fear of her being a witch to her own advantage. To that I say, go off. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like, listen, she didn't have many other opportunities she's going to use. She's thrifty. Yes, exactly. She's thrifty. So she would basically extort food and firewood from her neighbors by um, basically saying like, like, they, like, the farmers would be going off to work for the day, and she'd be like, hey, like, if you don't give me a pie, I'm going to curse you. Queen. So they would give her pies, and they would give her firewood, and they would give her the essentials. I feel like that's the definition of turning lemons into lemonade. Like, here's this shitty situation yes. that you're stuck in. She's making it into a little enterprise for exactly. herself. Exactly. I'm, I'm okay she's, with Hannah Crana right now. She's a small business owner. Exactly. So... When bad things would happen to the neighbors, though, who refused her favors, the townspeople would gossip even more and say, oh, this proves that Hannah's a witch, you know? Like, she's practicing witchcraft on us. That's the only explanation. Facts. All right. Yes, and of course, this was a very long time ago when, like we said before, women had no means to provide for themselves. And you can't really blame her for the hustle, I don't I'm think. I'm not. I, I don't. And just as an example of how, like, non-evil she really was, I'm going to give you... Uh, an instance of one of her more well-known curses and you're going to love it <laughs> okay so apparently hannah had a neighbor who was known for being a really great baker okay one day like you yeah well i don't <laughs> i'm on hannah's side for this one but thank you okay <laughs> so <laughs> so hannah stopped by her neighbor's house one day as a bunch of pies were cooling and hannah was like hey can i have one of those pies can you spare one the neighbor was like sure and gave her the smallest pie that she had. Which, okay. at least she gave her a pie. At least she gave but, her a pie, but it was almost like, maybe, like, I think it was in a very passive-aggressive way to give her the yeah. smallest one. Yeah, seems like it. So Hannah was like, um, can I have a bigger one? Like, you literally gave me the smallest pie. Can I have one that's a little bit bigger? Which, <laughs> beggars can't be choosers, Hannah. But I was gonna say, I right? mean, but, but. At the same time, let's have a little compassion for the lady's husband who died. Yes. Even if it is under mysterious circumstances. Exactly. might have killed him. But, so she's like, you know. can I have a bigger one? And the neighbor's like, no, that's all you get. So <laughs> Hannah put a spell on her neighbor. And apparently the spell slash curse was that her neighbor's pies would never be quite as good as they used to be. Like, that is the most harmless curse. I, I think it's hilarious. I feel like that's very subjective, too. If like, I had the power to do that, to just, like, slightly mess up, like, people's lives, and be like, oh, like, 
like oh like <laughs> like whenever you make pasta it's gonna be like slightly too overcooked like just like, little <laughs> things like that like i would do that are you kidding me <laughs> you're always gonna have a little smudge on your glasses exactly which i definitely have right now <laughs> that was not why i thought of that i was just thinking of like like a tiny little nuisance. inconveniences that won't actually hurt anyone so needless to say there's this mannequin of allegedly how hannah looked of course there's this like grotesque like typical witch mannequin i'm like oh i know so she obviously got a had a tough had a tough go of it in life and um her legacy lives on but i think that she seems like an awesome lady i'd like to meet hannah Crana. i'd give her a pie i'd make her a whole bunch of pies she is definitely the least scary i wanted to start with something kind of silly and easy fun in. yes okay. easy win so now we're going to go into something much more intense and it is called the Shadow Doll. I or, already do not like the name. Yeah. It's also known as the Doll of Shadows, if that <laughs> is better for you. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You know what? I'm, I'm Yeah. <laughs> so the Shadow Doll was made to curse others. It's a little bit similar to a voodoo doll. Okay. At least to me, who, like, I don't really know. It. I only know, like, the very basics about voodoo dolls. Yeah, yeah. But the Shadow Doll was found in an antique shop a few decades ago. I don't know exactly when, but it's been a while. Um, a young couple was at the antique shop, and oh, they found it. It's never good when a young couple is involved. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I was like, that that's where it starts. So they go to the antique shop, they find this doll, and for some reason, some once you see a picture of it, you're not gonna you're gonna, you're gonna be confused as to why they chose to purchase this. But <laughs> they decide to buy the doll. And the next morning, after bringing the doll home, the man in the relationship wakes up with scratches all over his body. Nope. So they call the Warrens, who I guess are very, very well known at this time in the community. Yeah. Just and get them on the phone. Why don't you call Taylor up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess like people just had their personal number and were like, hey, so uh, this is what happened. So the Warrens take the doll and they find out that it was made to harm others through rituals and curses and apparently in the past it had been used like i said sort of as a voodoo doll so someone would take a photo of the doll so obviously this this doll has been around for as long as cameras have been around like it wasn't from before then i guess so it wasn't it's not like super super old i mean if it was super old this specific ritual wasn't around at least until cameras were created because someone would take a photo of the doll, they would print out the image, and then they would write the intended victim's name on the back of the photo. Oh. Then they would mail said photo to the victim. I guess you would have to have this victim's address if you wanted them to be cursed. They would send it in the mail, and then the victim would see the photo. And I guess I, I, I was reading somewhere that said, like, once the person looked at the photo and like made eye contact with the doll, that was when like the doll cursed them. Hmm. And the doll could visit the victim in their dreams and make such traumatic or scary nightmares for the victim that it would stop the heart of the person oh, and kill God. them. So yeah, not something not... you would want to receive in the mail. I'm good, yeah. Um and it is now regularly blessed by a priest and it's kept in a box. Good. So the doll itself, though, I mean, as if, like, the lore around it isn't creepy enough, the doll itself is made with human bones and animal bones. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, the hair is made out of bird feathers, and 
if you look at a picture, which I'm sure we'll post, the tooth on the front of the mouth of the doll is a real human tooth. Freaky. So. Don't like that. The shadow doll, yeah. The shadow doll doesn't, I feel like I really hadn't heard of it personally, and I'm like, that's terrifying. I had heard of it once because I watched the episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved on the Occult Museum. Okay. So did I, so maybe I just but missed it because we watched it together. a long time ago. <laughs> okay. Well. I mean, well, we had it on in the background. What, yeah, the other day. Yeah. yeah. So, but I was not really paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story of the shadow doll. Next, we're going to go to something that is not a doll, but doll adjacent. It's a, like a big figure. It's a satanic worship idol. Uh, uh, the story behind this is, and also before I even get into the story, for reference, this is like, it, it's big. It looks like it's like carved wood. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's got like kind of like small eyes, a small mouth, and like horns, sort of. Ew. Yeah, you and I saw it in the occult museum video, and remember okay. we were freaked out by it. Oh, was that? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So this is that. So we'll have to post a picture of that on Instagram. Yes, just so you can get a full... The full visual. The full visual. Effect. So in 1991, there was a hunter who was walking through the forest, again, in Monroe, Connecticut. So a lot of these are local, local. to the area, yes. He was feeling super paranoid the whole time. And eventually he like turned around. You know that feeling when you think someone's watching someone's you? Someone's watching you. Oh no. He turns around and he sees this idol, the the worship idol, looking at him on top of a pile of large rocks. I mean, what? it wasn't like moving around or anything, but, but it was like sitting still. on top of a pile of large rocks. Yeah, if so, I turned around and I saw that thing in the woods, I know. I'd freak, I'd freak out. Well, he did. And yeah. he immediately was like, I have to get out of here. He starts to hurriedly get out of the forest, but obviously forests they all kind of look the same after a while and he gets turned around so he's kind of like wandering around looking for a way out and he sees a priest who kind of like comes out of nowhere and the priest starts walking with him not talking but the priest starts to match his stride so when the hunter moves his left left foot forward the priest moves his left foot forward when the hunter moves his right foot forward you get you get the point yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're walking together in stride but not talking so the man is very freaked out. As would I. Yes. And any sensible person would be. And the man finally musters up the courage and he says to the priest, like, hey, how do I get out of this forest? And the priest doesn't say anything, but he does point and indicates a way to walk so that he could eventually get out of the forest. Okay. So, so the hunter finally gets home and he tells the stories to his friends. And his friends say, hey, you should go to our boy and girl, Ed and Lorraine, because King like we Queen. said, yes, well-known locals call up Ed and, Ed and Lorraine. So the, so the hunter does this and he explains the priest's appearance to Ed as he's, you know, telling, recounting the story. So Ed tells him, oh, I've heard of him. That's actually a satanic worship leader. Uh, that is one of like the priests of the satanic cult, I guess, that, um, sometimes worships in that forest and the idol is probably being used in their worshiping process so ed goes to the forest he takes the idol and he brings it back to the museum everything is normal for a couple days or actually i don't know if he brought it back to the museum he might have just brought it back to their house but okay it doesn't so really any, matter yeah, yeah regardless i mean one and the same basically yeah exactly so he brings it back to their house everything's normal and fine for a few days but a couple of days after bringing the idol back, Ed 
um, he was talking to Lorraine. He was like, I'm going to go head out or something. He looks back for a second because he's distracted by something. And right when he looks back, Lorraine is somehow, she somehow traveled like 30 feet down the driveway. So like she, like within a split second, she's somehow moved very, very, very far away from him. What the heck? And she is laying there unconscious. So, oh gosh, super weird. And a, and another place where was reporting that she also like levitated. Freaky. So there was like weird stuff going on. It was specifically targeting Lorraine. So Ed knew immediately that it had to do with like that idol that he had brought home a couple days ago. How and did he know it was this idol and not one of the oh I don't know several other haunted artifacts? That is a very good question. <laughs> that is a very good question. Call it a father's intuition. <laughs> okay. I don't know, but I mean honestly, maybe since it had, they had just gotten it and this was like yeah. the first time something like this happened, yeah, I don't know. A question. Yeah, right. The king of the paranormal. Yeah, Ed knows what's up, I guess, and he interpreted it as the idol telling them to like stay away. So. Obviously, it's now in the museum, chilling. Um, I would not want to get that's close to calm. it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Good. So, that's another one. There's also this one's like a, just a quick little one. There's a, another mannequin standing in a white dress. It looks like a um, like a wedding dress, and it just represents um, the White Lady of the of Union Cemetery, which is in Easton, which is like a town right near them. And apparently, she's a famous spirit in the region. Um, that the Warrens investigated in the past. So cool. this mannequin just like represents that spirit. Cool. But no weird stories about that. So there are a couple of other items that I do want to touch on before we get to the big kahuna. The big kahuna. <laughs> so there is something called a dark magic doll in there, which there are lots of dolls in the... It makes you wonder. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah, that must be like a very popular object for um, demons to cling on to I you guess. know what maybe my kids won't have dolls maybe yeah no american girl dolls for you guys sorry mm-hmm. mommy says no now i'm thinking about the boxes of dolls that we just have up in our attic oh yeah like, we saved all our american girl dolls oh yeah us too and our barbies and the yeah. like little knockoff american girl dolls because the ones from target yes yes I think that maybe those will have to be donated to goodwill perhaps. or perhaps sold on poshmark or perhaps, you know, take a little holy water bath. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe sprinkle them with some holy water. Crucifix bath bomb. <laughs> now that I would buy from Lush. <laughs> so there's also a dark magic doll um, in the museum, which apparently, again, works similar to a voodoo doll, where you create an image similar to the person in question. So like you make a doll that kind of looks like the person, and then you hang the doll in an effort to make the person sick or die, which is sort of how voodoo dolls work i guess um i thought they were kind of like sticking with pins but i guess this specific one i think that's a very i think our interpretation of voodoo dolls is a very like narrow like there's just one way to do it yeah yeah voodoo's a totally legit religion but yeah i think voodoo dolls have gotten a bad rep because of like popular portrayals yeah definitely so this one is like it's like looks like it's like hanging sort of, and I guess someone had used it in the past to target a person to like try to kill them. See, this is just what doesn't make sense to me. If you're, this is I feel like this is gonna come out sounding bad. If you're going to kill a person, why invoke otherworldly spirits because you know that that could just turn around and bite you in the ass? 
That's a good question. Why ever invoke otherworldly spirits? Maybe they don't want to get caught. They don't want that evidence trail, baby. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's an acceptable answer, but I'm like... (laughs) We'll leave it at that because I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. I don't know. (sighs) It's scary stuff, though. Um, There's also apparently a real human skull that was used in satanic rituals in the past. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean. Right? Yes. (laughs) Once again. There's an organ from a mansion in Stratford that Ed claimed played on its own. I, li- I thought you meant, like, just an organ. Like, like, like a, a long, human bodily organ. Perhaps give us a little and small like, intestine. <laughs> <laughs> but the organ played on its own. You know. So, and then there's also fragments from a plane called Eastern Airline Flight 401. That was the apparently a flight that crashed in 1972 hmm. when it was traveling from New York to Miami. So that's kind of random. That is... But I guess since it was, like... it was a haunted plane? I think they thought it was, like now like that now like the piece of the plane is cursed i guess because like such a horrible thing happened on it do you think there is a haunted airplane out there yes because people don't ah no i don't know i mean we i that that's gonna be my little topic of research tonight but would that be an east coast haunt since it's also going to the west coast Mm, right good good call we would have to call it like air territory haunts (laughs) And it's not as catchy. <laughs> um, so yeah, lots of lots and lots and lots of creepy things in there. Gotcha. But now, let's get to what you've been waiting for. Because I know you know what this is. The Big Kahuna! Ms. Annabelle. How the do doll. she's not a Mrs.? Mrs. True. Okay, so we'll just call her Annabelle. Okay. <laughs> this doll, Annabelle. Everyone knows it. I mean, she's had three movies made about her. She's a blockbuster superstar, and she, yeah, has had multiple movies. I think she's very, very well known all around the world, and it all started in 1970. Oh, so this is not an old haunt. 1970 is. Yeah, our parents were alive. Yeah. So, it started in 1970. There are two nurses who are living together in Hartford, Connecticut. For her 28th birthday, one of the nurses is gifted a Raggedy Ann doll by her mother. Weird. And it's believed that the mom purchased the doll from a secondhand store. Before we get into it, what are your thoughts on this 28-year-old receiving a Raggedy Ann doll for her 28th birthday? So, I could justify this gift if the girl had had a Raggedy Ann doll that she had some form of attachment Mm -hmm. to as a kid, but... You and I were talking about this last night. I had a stuffed squirrel named Nutty when yes, I was a kid. Of course. Creative name. Yes. Um, if my parents for my 28th birthday got me a stuffed squirrel, not that I wouldn't be grateful, I would just, I would have some questions. And a pre-owned stuffed squirrel at that. Maybe she thought it was her old Raggedy Ann doll that got lost. And maybe it was. Perhaps. Yes. Yeah, so we don't have any information as to like, if this was like a like a fun little like thing that the that the mom and the daughter shared, I'm gonna choose to believe it was. Yeah, because I feel like it makes more sense that way. Yeah, if my mom gave me a raggedy Ann doll and there was no sentiment, I'd be like, I'd have to ask her some questions. Like, what hey, was mom. your thought process when? <laughs> hey, mom. What part of my personality? In the future, a bottle of wine would be. <laughs> it would be would be fine. fine. Barefoot, totally. Just, good. 
<laughs> You're just like a gift card. Like I'm a white person. Yeah. Like, nope. <laughs> I'm a white. Oh, oh, oh! I was like, what? I was like, what do you? I was like, yes, I know. I'm a white wine gal myself. As am I. Should I mark that? Up? I don't mind a little rosé. Yeah, just in case. So anyway, this 28 year old nurse receives the doll. Fun, cute. All right, we'll we'll call it a good gift. Yes. So odd occurrences start to happen after this Raggedy Ann doll moves into the apartment. I'm shocked, really. Right? Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> so I'm going to give you an example. Uh, the nurse would come home. Actually, both the nurses would come home to find Annabelle sitting with her legs crossed or sitting in a bedroom, even though they knew for a fact that they did not position her like that or put her in those rooms before they went to work. This sounds to me like this is a case of one roommate fucking with the It other. does. It does a little bit but. sound like that, but it gets worse. I know. Like okay. at, In this part, I think they were just kind of like, oh, like, haha, like probably secretly suspecting each other. Yeah. Um, if I got a doll for my 28th birthday and I left it in my bedroom and I came out and it was like sitting in our living room, I would be like freaked out, but I wouldn't You'd be think like, that I probably did yeah. it. You'd be like, okay, that was and funny. You'd be like, no, I didn't do that. Then you'd be like, be like, yeah, right. You'd be like, it was probably you, though. You have to do this. And, like, you'd let it go. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't press it's the funny. matter. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. So, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, they're a little bit spooked out, but, you know, whatever. Um, but they do continue to get a little bit more and more spooked out as time goes on. Um, Fair. For example, there was another weird occurrence where they found a piece... Sorry, sorry, they found pieces, multiple pieces of paper with help me written in a child's handwriting throughout the apartment. And even weirder, they didn't have any paper in their apartment. I guess they did not keep paper handy. So they don't know how the paper even got in there. How do you not have paper in your apartment? Like, no paper whatsoever? Did they not have books? They were nurses. Did they not have... I wouldn't want to be under their care. (laughs) That's like... For some reason, that's striking me as a really odd detail. But, like, why would they make it up? But also, it freaks me out when children are involved in demonic things because often demons take the form of children to like lull you into a false sense of security or they prey on children because they're the most vulnerable and easy to scare and they feed off of that negative energy yes so well this is probably going to be the case uh the first one that you just said is probably going to be the case for annabelle spoiler alert so super weird help me written in children's handwriting throughout the apartment don't love that um the last straw before calling in a psychic, it happened one morning at breakfast. They're sitting at their little breakfast nook. Apparently, Annabelle's arms start, they, they levitate onto the table while they're eating at the breakfast nook. Like, don't you know it's rude to put your elbows on there, Annabelle? Just kidding. I don't know if dolls Grandma's have. Grandma's only told me one million times. I know, right? I know. It like <laughs> It's burned into my brain. So she puts her arms on the table. And I think that was their last straw. They're like, what is happening? They get I in touch. my mind. Yeah. So they get in touch with the psychic and they do this because they think that Annabelle is trying to tell them something. They're like, she's trying to communicate something. So the psychic medium holds a seance and she reports that she senses the spirit of a six or seven year old girl named Annabelle inside the doll. Hence the name Annabelle. So that's how okay. she got her name. So... After finding out that there is like a little girl sort of like inside this doll, the nurses start to treat Annabelle sort of like a little girl instead of a doll. Like they start, okay. you know, like 
take like you know doing stuff with her paying attention to her like treating her with respect um isn't that like the number one no-no rule like if you suspect that there's a presence in your house aren't you not supposed to acknowledge it like at all yeah probably and this is they did the opposite cool so one night the fiance of one of the nurses is sleeping on the couch i don't know why but he was and apparently annabelle was on the opposite end of the couch just like sitting there um the fiance wakes up from a nightmare that he had the doll that the doll was crawling up his leg and was trying to strangle him so who's to say if this was a nightmare or not or if this really happened i am horrified yeah so imagine a raggedy and doll crawling up your leg and trying to strangle you then waking up its arms are too soft. How how would it? Well, it depends. How? Like maybe it came to him in a dream. You know what I mean? Like yeah. oh, and maybe it wasn't him in the dream. Yeah. So either way, he wakes Freddy up. Kruger. Yeah, right. He Ooh. wakes up and he's freaking out. Um, and he picks up Annabelle and he throws her across the room and he shouts like, "You're nothing more than a doll. You can't hurt anyone." Something along those lines. Um. Big mistake. Yeah. After throwing the doll, it's thought that this kind of like triggered the the demonic presence. It provoked it. And on the fiance's chest and stomach, seven claw marks show up on his chest. And they're sort of like scalpel-like, like scalpel or like claw, like thin. Oh, God. Scrapes. Yeah. Well, okay. It's weird that it's the number seven, I feel like. Because I feel like that would represent, like, the seven deadly sins or something Oh. Like See, I was going to say, I always thought that, like, six was the number of the devil. I I always think, like, three is the number that you have to watch okay. out for. Because so they say a lot of the time... Things come demons, in threes or yeah, whatever. Do yeah, do things in three to mock the Holy okay. Trinity. Oh. And well, he had seven, so... That's freaky. Yeah. Okay. Um... Now they kind of start to realize this is probably not the spirit of a seven-year-old girl. Maybe not. And the nurses turn to a priest for help who refers them to the Warrens, of course. And then the Warrens get a priest to do an exorcism of the apartment just to make sure there weren't any spirits left around and so, you know, the girls could live in peace. Mm -hmm. And then the Warrens take the doll for safekeeping. They're driving the doll back to the Warrens' house and the Warrens claim that the car was kept swerving on its own on the way back home and the brakes would, like, stop working frequently. Oh, God. So Ed pulls over. He puts holy water on the doll. And then they're able to get back home without incident. Still super weird. Uh, they claim that they saw the doll move and levitate while it was in their house. And there was actually a Catholic priest and exorcist named Father Jason Bradford who picked her up. He was at the Warren's house. And he picked her up and said that she was just a rag doll. Again, similar to what the fiancé said. And it couldn't hurt anyone not sure why he did that not sure what provoked him if you have a previous incident on record of someone saying the same thing and then getting clawed why test fate father father jason father jason bradford so as he's leaving lorraine is like hey be extra careful driving home because you know you did just like threaten the doll (laughs) um so three hours later the Warrens get a call from Father Jason, and he says that as he was entering an intersection on the road, his brakes had stopped working, and his car had been totaled, and he almost died. Oh, I'm shocked. 
But not really. So, yeah. So, maybe don't taunt Annabelle. Maybe that's not the best idea. That was not on the to-do list. Yeah. But, you know. He did it, and he almost died because of it. Um, there's also another story where there was a couple that was visiting the museum. Another young couple. How all the stories start. I don't like that. And the guy was banging on the glass um, that had Annabelle in it. And he was Why? like saying, like prove, like, prove you're haunted and scratch me. So, whatever, that happened. Then they left. And I actually think they got in trouble. I think Ed, like, made them leave. He was like, what are you doing? So they leave on... As he should. Yeah. They leave on the motorcycle. They're driving back home, whatever. They were, like, kind of, like, laughing and talking about the doll as they were on the motorcycle. And the man loses control and crashes into a tree, and he dies. Okay. So Annabelle was clearly like, scratch you? Oh, I'm going to do more than that. That's... That, yeah. I'm not gonna say that he had it coming to him. Why? Why would you tempt fate like that? Especially, like, even if you don't believe in demons, like, if there is a 1% chance that demons exist. Why even? You know, you've heard the stories about this dog. I know. Why are you even gonna tempt it? I know, I know. I know, I know. Guys, this is your PSA right now. Please don't fuck with that shit. Like, if you're gonna go to this occult museum, just don't 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 touch anything, right? Just keep your hands in your pockets. Let's keep our mouths closed. And just mind our own business. Yes. Right? I don't think that's too hard. I don't think so either. So, needless to say, Annabelle is Probably, definitely the most famous artifact or object in the occult museum. She's kind of like the quintessential, when you think of the museum or Ed and Lorraine, you think of Annabelle, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, like we said, she has many movies made about her. And she's scary. This whole place is scary. I would love to go visit this place. Yes. I think I'm absolutely going to accept the holy water. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm going to bring extra. Yeah, absolutely. I'm bringing every religious artifact I can find. Yeah. And I'm keeping it on me. I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm I'm not touching anything. I'm not thinking any negative thoughts. We're keeping a zen mood as we walk into this. And, you know, like we said in the last episode, Carolyn, who wasn't religious at all, when that entity was hanging over her, prayed, said, said, God God. help me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it left. So take a page out of her book. I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there that it might not be a bad idea to accept that holy water. Yeah. No matter your religious denomination. Or just don't go at all. That's or, the team that I'm on. Stay as far away from it as you can. Yes. And just don't tempt fate. Just I'm going to stay away. You can go visit and I will go to a little coffee shop or something and I'll hang out. I'll coffee shop after and <laughs> if I don't get into a car accident. Oh, God. It's very, very scary, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's a place that I talk a big game about. I'm like, oh, I'd love to go. Yeah. But then if I was like actually presented with the chance to go, I would have second thoughts. Yeah. I don't want anything following me out of there. No, I don't either. And it is not like just... A haunted place like on the east coast or whatever like in the world like this is known as like the most the haunted most haunted place. place that is that's terrifying crazy yeah 
Maybe I don't need to go. Maybe maybe I all just watch some YouTube videos. Yeah. Well, let's wait. We'll wait and see when the invites come rolling in from perhaps Mr. Or if the zoning laws get approved. Yeah. Like first. Yeah. Variances. First that, and then from there we'll figure out if we are willing to go there. I think I'd like to bring some sage, bring a crucifix, bring some holy water, keep things as safe as possible. I think that's a good plan. But anyway, that was, I I thoroughly enjoy hearing about Ed and Lorraine Warren because they really, they're really, they're some characters. Yeah. I like them. They're awesome. They vibe. Whether they were like, you know, true demonologists or not, they were cool people. I really kind of do. I believe them. There's something about them that makes me think that they're legit. I don't not believe them. Yeah. Out of everyone, I feel like... Plus, I mean, I know that they did get famous, but they yeah. really didn't have anything to like gain in the beginning. You know? Well, they... A, a whole career. Well, yeah. But they, when they, they got... started that, the Nesper... Yeah. N-E-S-P-R. Yeah. I forget what that stands for. It's like it New like England something... Psych- psych- psychic something or other. Um, but psychic doesn't start with an S, though. Yeah, but there's a P in there. That's bro. <laughs> <laughs> psychic. Psychic. S-Y. S-Y. But, again, I think this is a bucket list item that I'm not sure is on my bucket list. Yeah, you're like, it's half on there. I didn't think about it. It's like written in pencil. You know? Yeah, it can always be erased, erasable pen, maybe even. Perhaps. But we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Absolutely. I know I did. Yes. I, this is the kind of stuff that fascinates me, but it's going to make for a really cool Instagram post. So I know. go check that out. We'll, we'll have pictures of the artifacts, the museum, and Lorraine Warren. I want to put a picture of Ed's paintings. paintings on yes. There. That's pretty neat. So make sure you're following our Instagram. We are at east.coast.haunts. If you have a personal story or personal haunt that you'd like to share with us, please send us a DM on Instagram. Mm -hmm. There is a form to fill out at the bottom of our website, so you can do that, um, which is linked in our Instagram bio. Or you can send us an email at east.coast.haunts at gmail.com. I actually did hear from a listener the other day who's going to send in their personal tale. Ooh, very exciting. Very, I'm very exciting. excited. And yeah, please keep contacting us because we love hearing from you guys. And thank you for all your support. Yeah. We'll see you real soon with another episode. Bye. Bye, guys.